Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Etienne de la Botte, uh Squared. He has written a book that I read through, and I highly recommend people check this out. I'll put a link to get the book. Title of the book is Government, The Biggest Scam in History, How Intergenerational Organized Crime Runs the Government, Media, and Academia. And you can find his stuff on Substack at Art of Liberty as well as his website, which is artofliberty.org. So I will put links into uh, the show notes for this show. But I highly recommend people check out this book, and it shows just how bad things are. And I've kind of been watching the news, the corporate media in the last week about what's going on in Washington, and just like the overt criminality of these federal agencies, the FBI, DOJ. It's embarrassing. Like, I'm embarrassed for them, but... uh, Etienne can talk more about that. He's very well known. We had a very long pre-show. We're talking about a lot of interesting issues, but uh, Etienne, welcome to the show. Hey, William. Great to be with you and with your audience. Awesome. So for people who not have heard your name or your background, can you kind of talk about your interest in this concept of voluntarism and what led you up to putting together this book, Government, The Biggest Scam in History? Sure. So, I mean, uh, I've had a really kind of interesting background. I've been, uh, you know, I've been a tech entrepreneur. Uh, I've been living, I've been uh, in my youth, uh, I ran a national third party political campaign. I worked at one of the big four think tanks. I worked on Wall Street. Uh, I used to live outside of Washington, D.C., where I was a member of uh, Washington, D.C. and Northern Virginia's largest CEO networking organization. So I've gotten a chance to see kind of the government up close and personal and the financial system up close and personal. And, uh, you know, based on 20 plus years of research, uh, you know, I came to the conclusion that, uh, you know, that government has been the biggest scam in history. And what I mean by that is that uh, my thesis is, is that government was never, ever, ever intended to protect life, liberty, or property. Government is really a technique for robbing and controlling populations. Uh, the root words are gubernare, to govern or control. Mente is the mind, so we're going to govern or control the mind, mind control. And that mind control really starts with controlling the information that the population receives. The subtitle of the book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History, is How Intergenerational Organized Crime Runs the Government, the Media, and Academia. And that's one of the big secrets in the book is it's the government and media working together. And then academia, they're, you know, they're, 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 you know, it's the mandatory government school where the government teacher teaching out of the government textbook teaches you that government is legitimate, desirable, and necessary before you're old enough to really evaluate the logic and the morality of that claim. And so I'm a voluntarist. And what a voluntarist is, is somebody that does not believe that government is legitimate, uh, desirable or necessary and really has an understanding that, you know, of, of kind of the free market, that everything the government does is a service uh, besides redistribution, but the overwhelming, you know, things that the government does is provide services, whether that's armed protective services that they call the police, whether it's dispute resolution that they call the courts, whether it's running, you know, a uh, Ponzi scheme, old age pension, uh, system, whether it's running the uh, the worst uh, passenger uh, train service in the Western world, whether it's air traffic control, 
All of those things could be done better, faster, cheaper by the free market, by mutual aid societies, by co-ops, by homeowners associations, by insurance companies, by genuine charities. And so the, you know, the main you know, thing that, that we try and explain in the book is really just this illegitimacy of government. There's, it's impossible for you to have a legitimate moral government uh, for a number of reasons. But, you know, if I don't have, you know, the short version is if I don't have the ability to take your money and make up rules for you myself, which I don't think anybody would agree that I have the ability to do that, then I can't delegate a right that I do not possess myself to a representative or to a government to represent me doing something that I don't have the ability to do myself. Nobody can be bound by a quote unquote social contract that they did not sign. And, you know, if my girlfriend and myself can't vote to rob William because there's two of us and one of him, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if there's three of us or 10 of us or, you know, 330 million of us. Um, there's no magical additional person that makes something immoral and illogical now moral and logical. And so it has really been the biggest scam in all of human history. It has literally been uh, a system to tax farm the population. And they've really been getting away with it because they control the information that the population receives. So it's the government, the media and academia working together. The mandatory government school teaches you that it's legitimate. And then it has been a monopolized media system going back you know, you know, over a, a century that has been controlling every channel and distracting and deceiving every audience. And so every channel, government's legitimate, government's legitimate, government's legitimate. You know, a lot of people, this may be the first time in their entire lives that they've ever heard that other people have a different, you know, uh, take on the legitimacy, the necessity and the desirability of having a government in the first place. And so, uh, you know, what we do in the book is we break down all of the little tricks and the techniques that these governments use to trick the population into going along with something that is not in their interest. Right. And there's a lot of tricks and you can probably go all the way back to the beginning of time of, of these kind of hunter gatherer communities where there was a big boss and he enforced things through convincing everybody else that it was right for him to make all the decisions and tax you or, you know, have some kind of fealty or giving a percentage of your take, whatever it is, farming or hunting or anything like that. So probably this goes back that there is a mental, just like you said, a mental component to government where they convince you that they're working in your best interest. So you're, you're, you're right. First of all, you're absolutely right. So, you know, I take it, you know, when I say intergenerational organized crime, I take that all the way back to royalty and royalty was kind of the you know original intergenerational organized crime. You're going to give us your money or we're going to hurt you. Okay. And then, you know, that, that, uh, that iron fist approach didn't really work with, with, you know, you know, over time. So you really wanted to, you know, put the iron fist into the velvet glove. And so the original Etienne de la Buissy, was a French political philosopher. He wrote in the 16th century, the 1500s, and he was really uh, one of the first to really catalog the little tricks and the techniques that rulers were using, you know, not just to get obedience, okay, because obedience is easy, 
but how do you trick the population chump the population into you know into fealty into adoration into god save the queen and and so you know uh, the, you know the the royals using spectacle and wearing fancy hats and King Charles the third, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And using the media and using, you know, having public feasts where they give them back a little portion of what they, what they did, Uh, you know, some, they would, uh, some, some, sometimes after they would conquer a, you know, a a foreign land, uh, they would establish brothels and taverns. And they would just keep the population drunk and distracted. And so, so Boetti was, was, you know, really, he was a little bit like Machiavelli. Machiavelli, you know, did the exact same thing. He was, you know, he, you know, when he wrote the Prince, he was like listing out, you know, these, these little techniques that the Prince could use to, to get the population behind them and, and how the Prince, you know, would, would manage his tax slaves, and so the Machiavelli was like, hire me, hire me, and I'll show you how to run these tax slaves. And Boetti was like, these guys are dicks. And so I'm, I, uh, I took the, you know, the nom de plume, Etienne de la Buisi squared, you know, number one, to show that I'm not the original. And, uh, and I used the, 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 uh, the exponent or the number two next to me so that you can find me in a search engine versus the original. Uh, but that's that's kind of the the basis of of my system. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention that you, you know because you brought it up is, you know, how did these governments get along? You know, get you know get started. And there's another, uh, you know, there's a, there's you know there's a couple of different theories throughout history. But one of them is that in you know kind of in the Viking, uh, um, in the Viking uh, conquests. You know, they would go and they would raid these villages and they would, you know, you know, slash and burn everybody, take everything and, and you know, kind of leave. And then next year there wasn't anything for them to slash and burn and take because they killed everybody and taken all the stuff. And so the so there was there's a there's a school of thought that believes that uh, government developed as the Viking raiders didn't want to, you know, uh, have nothing the next year. And so, you know, what if we just leave some people to kind of run things and let everybody keep farming, maybe we don't kill them all. And then eventually, you know, they're, they're kind of working for us. So we're taking a portion of their, of their, of their, you know, their crops and their everything versus, you know, everything. And then we don't want to kill the goose that lays the golden egg. And that's essentially what we've got today. We've got the mafia model of slavery tax. I call it tax slavery. You know, the mafia doesn't own businesses. The mafia just comes along, you know, monthly to take a, you know, portion of your check. And so that's what we're under now. It's a tax slavery where this organized system has in, in, you know, intertwined itself, made a lot of the population dependent upon it to get the population, the rest of the population to go along with, with, you know, uh, robbing and stealing the most productive people, people stuff. And so that's really where we're at now. It's the mafia model of slavery and the mafia owns the media and the schools where they teach that it's legitimate, desirable and necessary, even though we would all be dramatically wealthier, dramatically better off if government did not exist at all i would agree to a certain extent i think that there's always a place for maybe a smaller government government washington argue for that but like the voluntary is a model to scrapes off all this unnecessary 
expensive stuff at the top. It's really incredible. And I would recommend people go read Boachi or however he pronounce his last name, his mm -hmm. discourse on voluntary servitude. It's an amazing document written when he was 18. It shows like a lot about our education system. Uh, it, is, is a, but it's a classical piece. Like he's obviously knows the classics. He's referencing wars and ancient Greece. And one of the things that he said, I think was interesting. This is one of the quotes I took out from it is, why do we see an endless multitude of people not merely obeying, but driven to servility, not ruled, but tyrannized over? And I think that that's the autocratic monarchist model goes to Russia, France, England, all these places like the U.S. was at least started out a little differently. But I don't know how much different we are. We have a better propaganda element to convince the public, I think, maybe than some of these other uh, autocratic intergenerational right intergenerational family ruling families right yeah so it's it's intergenerational and they're using these techniques and like you know you read you read boetti's work today and you're like oh my god they're still using that technique they're still doing so they're still running the exact same pimp game on the population and i've got some quotes in the back of the book and i'll read one too but you know uh men are like handsome racehorses who first bite the bit and later like it and rearing under the saddle a while soon learn to enjoy displaying their harness and prounce proudly beneath their trappings. Men will grow accustomed to the idea that they have always been in subjection, that their fathers live the same way. They will think they're obliged to suffer this evil and will persuade themselves by example and imitation of others finally investing those who order them around with proprietary rights based on the idea that it has always been this way. And if you think about like when, when, you know, when this, when, when we conquered the Indians, what's the first thing that we did? We ran government on them. We ran gubernari mente. We took the Indian kids, we put them into uh, uh, Indian boarding schools. Uh, we, and we began, you know, controlling the information that they received. And now you've got Indians that are proud taxpayers and, and Indians that are serving in the army, you know, and the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines of the people that conquered them. And so now they've been conquered. We ran gubernari mente on them. And now they're, ta they're, ta they're proud taxpayers and they're serving in the military of the people that conquered them. And so that is, you know, it is, that's how you, you run pimp game on a population. Yeah, it's remarkable. It's remarkable that then they'll go along with it, too. So and in your book, you kind of break down how similar the U.S. really isn't that much different than maybe some of these very overtly tyrannical systems like Nazi Germany, uh, the USSR back in the day. Like they're they're the same techniques are being laid out on the population, propaganda, uh, government education, etc. Right. You know, you know, if you want to flip through the book, I see you've got it up yeah, there. We yeah, can talk about, good. you know, we can kind of talk through some of the techniques. But uh, so the first, so, so first of all, you know, what I want the audience, I know you, you're probably got some people that, that can't see what I'm doing. But so the book is designed to wake up your friends, your family, your neighbors, go back one, go back one. Uh, you know, there you go. So it's designed to wake up your friends, your family, your neighbors, your colleagues in the shortest amount of time possible. So most people are visual learners. They come to insight much quicker when you show them, uh, you know, a, uh, a visualization or a historical photo, uh, or you reveal the repetition of the method. 
And so what I'm doing in kind of the first part of the book is, is we've got, you know, there's about 20 plus techniques that we go through of how intergenerational organized crime slaves up a population and, uh, you know, without giving away the ending, um, they're sliding the belief in government to the population as a religion without calling it a religion. So they're going to use all of the little tricks and the techniques of kind of an unethically manipulative religion or a cult. They're going to run behavioral psychology on the, on the population. And the first thing that you got to do is you got to have a holy symbol. And so the holy symbol is the flag. And so what we do in this first part of the book is that we break down the technique, the artificially indoctrinated holy symbol of the flag, and then we're showing what the technique looked like in Nazi Germany, the United States, the Soviet Union, and East Germany. And so the flag is, you know, becomes the Christian cross or the Star of David. Um, and then it gets woven into using the media, it gets product placed into television shows at moments of high positive emotion using a well-known uh, advertising technique called anchoring. And the example that I give in the, in the book is uh, if you've ever seen the movie, the Martian with Matt Damon, they, you know, the whole movie builds up to is Matt Damon going to get off Mars. Oh no, he's not. Oh yes, he is. He's going to get off Mars. Boom. And then they cut to earth and they show everybody waving American flags and they cut to mission control and there's giant American flags on the, you know, on the, on the, uh, in the background. And, and so they've brought you to that moment of high positive emotion. And then boom, they show you the flag. Uh, they put the flag, uh, uh, you know, on the backboards of the NBA so that you subconsciously associate the goal, the, the exhilaration of the goal with the flag. Um, I've got a little short video. Uh, the book is backed up by what we call a liberator flash drive, which is a credit card sized 64 gigabyte flash drive that, uh, that backs up everything. And we've got a video showing in just like a dozen Michael Bay movies hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of product placements of the flag. And so if you like, you know, if you've never noticed this now, all of a sudden when you watch the propaganda, especially on Netflix, especially on, you know, other uh, uh, on amazon.com and others. Oh, here we go. Boom. There it is. And so there's just uh, you know, there's a counter that's going uh, and you just, it just shows you bing, bing, Every time that you see that, that the flag comes on the screen, you know, it's going bing, 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 bing. And, you know, you just you nobody ever thinks about it. Nobody, you know, just it's become just part of that's what the movies is until you understand that they're running, you know, this kind of pimp game on the population to get the, you know, the population to go along with something that's not in their interest. And so right. the Harbor is one of the most amazing pieces of propaganda. Uh, yeah. It's just, it, the like, timing and everything is really off the charts. Like right so, after nine 11, it's a new Pearl Harbor, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. comes out. It just comes out of the blue. Wow. What a coincidence. That, that's People called predictive programming. So that, yeah. so that, that, that propaganda t, t, uh, is called predictive programming. When you know you're going to do something and you want to get the population on board with joining the military and that, you know, that, you know, we're going to have a war on terrorism. We're going to spend trillions of dollars and we're going to hand trillions of dollars that we don't need to hand to, you know, the, to the military and the Homeland security complex, et cetera. 
And so that's, uh, you know, uh, another, you know, one of the techniques, one of the, one of the, the final ones that we'll talk about with the flag is that, you know, they unethically manipulatively weave it into the burial ceremonies of the police and the military so that the families, you know, begin to associate the flag with the, their loved ones and their deceased ones. And so like, it, to me, that is just one of the most unethically manipulative, you know, things that they do with the flag. But like, this is, you know, this is how they, they run their, you know, they run, run game on the population. It's very um, profound. A lot of people don't have that critical element when they're watching this stuff is like, they're being bombarded with it, but not really seeing it at the front of their consciousness. It goes right into kind of like the mid or subconsciousness. Well, we could, we could actually, we could spend an entire show talking about the behavioral tech, you know, techniques used by television and, and, you know, to get people to watch constant motion. Uh, you know, the, I, I literally, we could spend a whole show just on that, but the television is best thought of, as a mind control device that is slipping you uh, predictive programming and slipping the population, uh, you know, ideas when they're in a kind of, uh, you know, a sleepy brainwave state so that information flows in uncritically. It's not critically analyzed because you're in this kind of almost hypnotic state which is why you see people like zoned out in front of the television a lot, but like, you know that, but anyway, that's the first technique. If you want to go to the next technique. So the, so the next technique and, and you'll notice that, you know, one of the things, so all, you know, so Nazi Germany, the United States government, the Soviet union, East Germany, they're all using the exact same little playbook. And so technique number two is the Holy document. Can't have a religion without a Bible. And so we're going to give you the holy document of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. We're not going to actually abide by the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, but we're going to build up religiosity of it. The television, you know, every, every you know, uh, dystopian future where Washington collapses, you, you see them, you know, taking the, the Constitution out and, and it's bulletproof case filled with helium and everything and you know they take and you can see that in dc like it's like uh you're seeing the shroud of turin or something you can oh no no so they they take so you know one of the one of the scams is they take the kids in middle school to mecca washington dc where they take them into the cathedral of the capital that looks like the vatican for a reason it's a religion right everything is large and oversized so you feel small and insignificant and they're going to uh, take you into the temples and they're going to show you the deities of lincoln and jefferson and it's going to be very very hushed and they're going to take you and show you the constitution behind bulletproof glass and cased in helium. And it's going to be, you know, like we're, we're going to literally run, we're going to run these kids through Washington, DC, 10 hundreds of thousands a year in a kind of, you know, like complete scam. We're going to take them into the Smithsonian's and everything's going to be Americana and Americana and Americana. And we're going to, you know, we're going to run game on it's a, it's, it's, it's literally, like Jim Jones at Jonestown had an unlimited budget and could take, you know, kids and run them through, you know, 
you know, his little game, you know, it, it's just, it just goes on and on. But anyway, so the constitution is the, is, is another one of like the techniques. If you'll go to the next one. Yeah, no, now, it is incredible when you think about it. Now the main one, <clears throat> the main one is the mandatory government school system. And so the government school system is running, uh, an educational model called the Prussian model of education that was developed in Prussia, which used to be East Germany. It's just, you know, it was essentially it was a separate Germany. state in the 19th century. Yeah. In the 19th century. Exactly. Uh, so pre pre Germany, there was Prussia and the Prussians were losing on the battlefield of Europe. And they came to the decision that, you know, that the soldiers were making independent decisions. And so they came up with an educational model where they raised children in the ideology of the state from a very very young age and they went from having the worst army on the continent to having the best and the reason was is number one the kids would conscript easily so they would join the military because it was their duty and it was their you know and, and number one they joined the military instead of having to be impressed into the military and then the other thing that they would do is that they would uh, they would march into cannon fire. So there's an, there's an obedience component that still exists in the government school system today. You know, you got to raise your hand to use the bathroom. You got to walk in single file lines. You have to raise your hand. You know, you can't leave the school without permission. You get to your bag searched at any any time whatsoever. You don't have any kind of privacy. The school is 100% in charge of you. The government, you know, employees 100% in charge of you. And so the so there's the red, yellow, green troublemaker boards. I could go on and on, but there's an right. entire it's Pavlovian conditioning. It's they Pavlovian. get the red, green, and blue. Right from the beginning and in, in right from the school, beginning, yeah. right from the beginning. And then anybody that's that's, you know, sticks their head up, they get hammered down until you learn to your kid learns not to stick his head up and to be, you know, go just go along with it, go along with it, go along with it. And so there's a there's an obedient, a hidden obedience component to the government school system in addition to the statism. So so the other thing is they're going to have you do the Pledge of Allegiance. They're going to have you sing the hymns of the national anthem and the and the, you know, Star Spangled Banner. And I'm an American, so at least I know I'm free. They're going to teach you all this, this. This So there's statism and then there's debilitation. So the debilitation is the is we're going to inject you full of vaccines, full of mercury and and aluminum and graphene oxide and God knows what else we're going to feed you glyphosated wheat in the cafeteria. There's going to be fluoridated water in the water fountain. It's going to be, you know, like there's a debilitation component to the government school system. And so there's kind of three different techniques, but again, all the, you know, the, the German, the Nazis, the Soviet, they all do it. So if you go into the next, I think it's actually worse because it actually when those that statement of the debilitation made me think of MK Ultra techniques of imposing debility, despondency, and dread, and it's like literally came out of like the, the behavioral modification or behavioral psychology to impose that. In those schools, there's a lot of de despondency. People are worried yeah. about not going to college. They, I mean, so many of these things are trying to enforce you into this one rigid. Uh, character structure for yourself and you want to really just like you said you don't want to stick your head out those people who get their stick their heads out they get bad grades they go yep. to detention or whatever so there's a lot and there's a lot of dread i mean it, to me i remember being in high school maybe other people had like this great thing but it was kind of dreadful to have to go through all that stuff like uh the rigid 
you know, controls and stuff. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to believe. Like, well, a lot of my education started after I got done with my education. And then the kids that, that don't respond well to it, they put them on drugs now. And so they, you know, they put them on Ritalin and Adderall and these, and these other drugs. It's really, you know, really it's, sinister. It's really sinister. Hard. It's absolutely sinister. Uh, if you go one, one slide, one page ahead, we'll get to the next technique. And then, so then the next technique, so the, so the government school system produces kind of your basic cult member. So it's a cult. So that, so, so, so there is no, you know, like you don't have to be an American just because you were born in a, in a, in a certain, you know, geographical area, the same way that you don't have to be a crip or a blood. If you were just cause you're born in, in, in Compton, doesn't mean you have to be a crip and just because you're born in some other area of LA doesn't mean that you have to be a blood. And so we're going to trick you into self-identifying as a, as an American and to pay your taxes. And, and so the, so the, so the, the tithe, it's a religion, right? We're like the, so the government school system produces kind of like a basic uh, cult member willing to tithe semi-voluntarily give away half their income and overt taxes, covert taxes and inflation. Okay. Now there's another kind of, uh, uh, you know, game that's being run on, on the order followers. So, so we need to create an enforcement class. Okay. That's willing to use violence on peaceful people, either internationally in the military. So, so the, so to create the police and the military, we've got another like track, Okay. And the other track is scouting. Okay. And so scouting is we're now going to, you know, give you awards. We're going to, you know, segment the kids away. We're going to put them in the uniform, the single form conformity, and we're going to begin giving them war. We're going to begin getting them, you know, used to hierarchical command and control. Okay. We're going to get them used to taking orders from those that are above them, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to give them awards, either Cub Scout uh, adventure loops that go on the belt, or we're going to give the Boy Scout merit badges. So we'll give you a book on how to be a citizen, and when you vomit that back to us, well, then we'll give you a cookie. Okay, and so we're going to teach you a bunch of stuff, and we're going to give you these like little awards. Okay, and you're going to learn how to wear the uniform and take orders from those who are above you, and so the next level of kind of conditioning is this scouting that's ultimately going to uh, produce an order follower that's willing to set their morality aside and, and, and be willing to use violence on peaceful people to enforce the commandments of the cult, the laws of the religion, the, the commandments. Okay. That's so that so, 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 so now that's what scouting is. If you'll go to the next slide now, that's scouting on kind of the basic, you know, Boy Scout level. And a lot of people never go, go past that if you go to the next one. But, uh, but, but when you get older in scouting, then it gets even extra creepy and extra weird. So now there's a, a segment of scouting called the Explorer Program where now we're going to segment the kids away from, you know, the rest of, you know, the, the kids, we're going to put them on military bases on the weekends and in the summers, or we're going to turn them over to the police. We're going to get them into kind of little mini police uniforms for the police explorer program. And they're going to be doing, you know, ride alongs and things like that. And, and we're going to give them guns, 
either in the military explorers. They also, the military, a lot of people don't realize this. The military actually runs high schools. The, the Marine Corps runs high schools where the entire curriculum is the Marine Corps. And they have a program called Young Marines where they get, you know, even younger kids than high school age kids and begin, you know, indoctrinating them into this, you know, obedience and into this hierarchical command and control. They're always in the uniform, the single form where they're compacted into kind of like a group dynamic. Uh, they're segmented, you know, ultimately they'll go into the military where they will be segmented away from the rest of the population into this like little, you know, base where everybody wears the exact same thing and everybody's dressed the exact same way and everybody's got their shape, their head shaved the exact same way. And they're going to have all of the information controlled to them through armed forces, television and, and the magazines and the books that are available at the base commissary. And so now they're, you know, it really is, it's a religion of the, you know, people that have been in the military will tell you that got out and that realized that the military is running pimp, pimp game on them. You know, they're, you know, when they, you know, the Marine Corps, they'll take, they take the doors off the toilets in the Marine Corps so that you never, ever, ever can be alone with your own thoughts and say, what am I doing? What's going on here? What are they doing to me? And so, so there's all of these very unethically manipulative techniques that are being run on them. And it's the same techniques the Nazis and the Soviets and the East Germans use. It's the exact same playbook. And so the magic of the book is that when you see it side by side, you're like, you know, like if you've got, you know, you know, even a, one or two brain cells left, you're like, hey, wait a minute. Those are the bad guys. Why is the USA using the exact same playbook as the bad guys? And a lot of people, that's the moment of insight. That's when they, they're able to see because human beings are really, really good pattern recognition machines. And when they, when they see the pattern, the brain goes, hey, wait a minute. That's a pattern. That's artificial. That's, that's artificial. They're doing that on purpose. And so then they come to that moment of insight. And so the, the book is really designed to, you know, to, so for your friends, your relatives, you know, to bring them into that moment of insight where they get it. And they're like, oh, my God, I just never saw it. I just never saw it. But when you put it right in front of them where they can literally see it, then it's like, boom, well, you know, it's a one way revolution because once you realize that the government is running pimp game on you and like, you're, you're like, well, I'm out. I'm not doing that. And, and I, and I want people to be under, understanding. I like, I was hooked. They had me hook, line and sinker. I was a boy scout. I was, I went to the government schools. I like, they had me when I was a boy scout, I would make a muscle. I would make a muscle when I saluted the flag, I literally would make a muscle. And so like they had me hook, line and sinker until somebody explained it to me. And then I'm like, I'm not falling for that anymore, you know? And so that's really what we do is that we expose how the magician does the trick. So people don't get fooled by the trick. You know, but here's the other thing is like the insight is that Nazi German and Soviet Union and East Germany, they probably thought they were doing the right thing too. They probably thought the other guy was the bad guy and they're, you know, going through this obedience for the benefit of society, right? Oh, that's one, what's even more scary. Yeah. Yeah. Go go one more more page. But yeah, just to just to you know, so then everybody has a pledge and an oath. So then, like you know, the there's the pledge of allegiance next to the Nazi pledge, the Soviet pledge, the East German pledge. Skip past that one. Go to the next one. 
Um, so, you know, to your point, so then they're artificially glorifying the military and the police. So the military and the police feel good about what they're doing. And so for those that, you know, aren't kind of like watching on a video, if you're just listening to the podcast there, you know, what we're showing is we're showing pictures of the, of the flag worship ceremonies that they do at the stadium events, the flyovers, the, you know, where they'll we'll have that, we'll, we'll, where they will artificially glorify the military at stadium events and free parking for the military and you get to get on the plane early. And so, so all of these things are artificial because the government is paying for it. And so you can see if, you know, for those that are watching on video, there's a blue hypertext link there. And, you know, anytime you see the, a blue hypertext link in the book, if you click on it, you can go to the scholarship that supports the, you know, the claim. But what a lot of people don't understand is that, that when you go to a football game or a basketball game and they're doing this flag worship and everything, they're paying the sports teams to do that. And so one of the ways that, you know, it's artificial and fake is they have to pay the NBA and the NFL and, and everybody to, to, to go along and to do it. And so they're doing this, you know, uh, and, and, you know, to get the crowd, you know, uh, you know, it's a group dynamic, it's behavioral psychology, uh, it's trickery. They're tricking you, they're tricking you. And so anyway, that's, you know, one of the ways that they go along with it, but they're running the same game. Okay. So at the top, all of the governments are in on it. It's not the government of Russia. You know, it's not the, uh, the United States versus Russia. It's not the Chinese versus the United States. It's the government of the United States running game on the people of the United States. It's the government of Russia running game on the people of Russia. It's the government of China running game on the people of China. And then they're menacing their own populations with the specter of war with each other to get them to cower to the government for protection. So they're compacting them into the government dynamic to protect us from the Ruskies. If it wasn't for the government, the Ruskies would get us. The government of, of Russia is menacing their population with the, with the specter of the, of the bad, evil Amer United States as a way of getting them to, to clamor to the government for protection but at the top, they're all in on it. They're all running the same pimp game on their populations. It's a trick. Don't fall for it. Uh, but, but you know, that's another technique is artificially glorifying the, the military. If you'll go to the next one. Mm -hmm. So then we've got political rallies. And so, like, this is the inauguration. And if you, you know, like, I, I, I've got friends and family that travel to D.C. for the inauguration or for, you know, these, these political rallies. And the political rally is a little bit like a religious revival. If you know what that was, you know, they were very, very popular in the 1800s. And they would get people, you know, these, these different religions would, would put on, you know, would take tents uh, you know, tent show, tents, giant tents. And they would, you know, bring people together and they would... You know, and so uh, so uh, a political rally, you know, you've got the, you know, you just think of, you know, either Trump or Biden, they've all got the flags, they've all got the, the, the indoctrinated holy symbol, and they've got music, and they've got, you know, choir singers, and they've got, you know, it's everything that, you know, like, it, it's a, it's a religion, and it's the most dangerous religion in the world. And then, 
they f- the people will frequently engage in political and politician worship. And so when you see people, you know, so there it's again, it's behavioral psychology and most human beings, they're attuned to have a leader. Um, it's a, it's a kind of um, a survival instinct that you need to have a strong leader. So what they're going to do is they're going to give, they're going to leverage that knowledge of human psychology. They're going to give the population a strong leader and they're going to give you either leader, blue leader or red leader. And so then, you know, the population that doesn't understand behavioral psychology and that they're having game run on them or whatever, they're going to pick a leader and then they're going to invest themselves and get behind that leader and everything like that. And so, so all you've got to do really, you know, so once you've established that leader, you know, like, so it's, it's the same kind of game that goes on. So we're going, you know, once the population realizes that Bush is a bad guy. He's a scumbag. He's a, you know, uh, a warmonger. He's, you know, waging wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence. 9-11 was a scam, things like that. So then they're going to give you the lesser of two evils. They're going to give you Obama. And so then the, so then the population switches to kind of like Obama. They get invested behind Obama. But then all of a sudden the Nobel Peace Prize winner keeps the wars going, wages new wars, now wages wars in Yemen, wages, you know, other wars continues it. So then the population's like, well, that guy's, scum we need a new leader and so then we're going to give you trump and guess what trump doesn't stop the wars and he can like so so it's just we're going to give you drunk the, strikes yeah drunk yeah we're going to give you the lesser of two evils and then and then you know i just can't believe the population keeps falling for the exact same thing over and over and over again and so you know we're controlling the information that you receive about these people to be able to trick you into thinking that this is the savior and that he's going to save everything. And then, you know, people are looking for a political savior. And so one is provided for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's kind of the, you know, more, more of the game. If you go on to the next technique, we can just kind of, you know, keep rolling. So then it's the use of propaganda. And so, you know, um, a lot of people don't realize this. And this is actually one of the things that, uh, you know, I was actually on a, a, a podcast with uh, Richard Gage, uh, you know, and, uh, we were architects for nine 11 truth, right? Architects, architects for nine 11 truth. Now, uh, Richard Gage unleashed, uh, his board kicked him out because he talked bad about, he, he exposed the scam of the COVID. And so I evidently probably took some funding and got a, you know, got a board in there that was, you know, uh, just looking to, you know, make him less effective. And so, so now he got O'Keefe. Yeah, you got O'Keefe. And so, you know, because it comes because those boards, they come with, you know, that funding that you get, it comes with strings a lot of times. And now you've got, you know, a, a board member in there just waiting to get rid of the founder. And so, uh, so now, uh, so with, uh, so one of the things that got literally del- deleted off there is that the, is the US, the CIA and the Department of Defense has been behind thousands in the in the book it says 800 to a thousand uh uh 800 movies 1000 television shows where the department of defense is providing military equipment they're provide they frequently have script control they get to rewrite hollywood's scripts to clean up the image of the government so they're so the so the version that you see of the military is not really they're not giving you the true history of the military 
military in any of these wars. They're not talking about the war crimes. They're not talking about the fact that we went to war based on lies and manufactured evidence in the case of the Gulf of Tonkin or weapons of mass destruction. You know, they're, they'll throw you to the dogs after you fight the war. They'll throw you to the dogs after you fight the war. Terrible. They're, they're, yeah. they're injecting you full of vaccines. vaccines. They're using You'll depleted, have mental health problems. You'll have mental health problems. They're using depleted uranium in situations where they don't really have to use depleted uranium because they want you to have cancer at a young age because they don't want you. So once they train you and then you fight and everything, once you get out of the military, they don't want you to have those those skills. And so especially special operations, they die. A lot of them die. Uh, I, I personally know, you know, a guy who died in his fifties, of cancer, you know, who's a, who's a special, you know, operator. And I know I've heard other people, you know, say the exact same thing that it's like spiking a cannon, you know, when you're done with that cannon, you don't want anybody else to use that cannon. So they spike the cannon. Uh, but, but those are the things they don't tell you about. And then that gets covered up. There's now a documentary out called theaters of war that came out last year and they claim it's now thousands of movies, thousands of television shows. Uh, but you don't realize how that, you know, all of these, these, you know, these, these movies that get the military equipment, you know, whether it's a war movie or transformers, you know, to get, you know, for Michael Bay to get that equipment, you know, he's got to sign a deal with the devil to make the military look good and to hide the crimes and the criminality of the military. The military is incredibly corrupt. The Pentagon can't account for $35 trillion in expenditures. Uh, They've been caught, uh, you know, in the fat Leonard scandal, they've been caught in the, that's the, that's the movie. I highly recommend it. Really, really good theaters of war, really, really good movie to make you understand how they're able to control perception, control the information the society receives to be able to program human beings with, you know, uh, with a, with an undeserved, uh, you know, obedience, fealty to the military, love of the military, things like that. When the military is very, very corrupt and at the, at the core, Hey kids, they're thinking about going into the military. If somebody offers you a job, where you have to set your morality aside and you've got to kill whoever you're told, uh, don't do it. Uh, you're not going to like the karma of that. That's, you know, and, and, and to a certain degree, the vaccines and the suicide are the karma for participating and in a system that's murdering people and stealing their resources and in, in not defending the United States. We're talking about armies of occupation that go abroad and occupy countries so that we can take their oil or take their lithium or take their drugs or whatever it is, you know? And so the, the karma that the soldiers face is the, the injections, the depleted uranium, uh, the, the suicide, madness, the guilt. Yeah. Guilt. My last show was soldiers, blood and bloody money wars for the elites. I just went over this whole topic. So yeah, people yeah, have to really... understand what they've done. Vietnam's a perfect example. The guy I had on was, uh, oh, alan clark but i mean he uh lost his legs but he understood that it was going on and then this that vietnam's a perfect example unnecessary war made millions of dollars for people involved bell helicopters all the you know arms manufacturers and then all the young people died and those that came back they always have these kind of weird numbers like he lost fifty thousand. it's a tragedy but mm-hmm. the, there was much larger damage through the population of the united states for madness suicide drug abuse, broken homes, 
And so that's the reality. So that's the reality of war. And if you, and, and, and you, I, I know a lot of volunteerists, you know, there's a lot of, you know, volunteerists that used to be in the military until they figured out how the game was worked and everything. And then they're like, I'm, I'm out, you know, kind of a deal. And then, um, uh, they get uh, propagandized into it, right? That's the whole propagandized into it. They just have this moment of like, dude, I just got propagandized royally. But then you never ever hear the reality of it. So the, so, so this propaganda system, you own like, you know, on television, the government's always the hero, the, whether it's the military, the CIA, the FBI. So the propaganda system is is in every single television show the government's the hero the government's going to save you the fbi is going to save you the cia is going to save you the military is going to save you the military are heroes we're the good guys right we're the good we're guys the- and it's noble and it's exciting and you're in there like argos you know saving the day from the brown people or whatever they you know they have and, i had and- matt, matt alford on my show too he was in this movie theaters war so I'll yeah yeah he's yeah, so so that's some of the things that's being scrubbed you know, off of the internet. So, so that, so the, so Matt, his, his, his article, okay. His Matt Alford's article um, was on medium and medium is actually a platform that you have to, you know, you've got to pay to be on. And so we linked to his, to his, his research showing, you know, at that time, 800 movies, 1000 plus television shows. And, uh, and I, you know, I was live with Richard Gage and we click on the link and it's been scrubbed off of the internet. And so like, if you don't understand that the information that you receive is being controlled to you by this monopoly media system. Okay. And so it's, it's a monopoly media system. There's about, uh, there's six companies on the old media side, kind of television print. And if you keep going, uh, you know, we can get to some of the visualizations. We'll sk- so you, I think the audience kind of gets it, but let's go to the the visualization of the of the uh, of the media. Kind of keep yeah, keep going. So they're you know running game. Do you going. recollect what page it's on? I don't. Oh, the do monopoly, duopoly, and triopoly. Is that what you well, want? Well, that yeah, that's one of them. Keep keep going. A couple more. Uh, that's one. So it's the, right here, right there. Go back, go back. So so back, go back. All right. So this yeah. is a media ownership chart. And the media owner, this is only a corner of it, but you know, if you tell your, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the things that visualization does. So one of the, you know, the innovations of the book to bring people to insight, to bring people to this moment of insight is if, if I, if you tell your friends and your family that there's six monopoly media corporations running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion that there's all these different information sources in society, eh, they may or may not believe you. But if you actually show them a media ownership chart where you can actually see, hey, there's News Corp, that's Fox News, but they don't just own Fox News. They own newspapers and television programming and television distribution and magazines, and they own 75 plus newspapers. Like, like if, like if you don't understand, like, 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 so now all of a sudden, not only do they believe you, but now they have this richer and deeper understanding, like, holy crap, there's six companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to make it look like there's all these different information sources in society. And then they come to that because they saw it with their own eyes. They come to that kind of like, you know, deeper understanding. And so what we're doing is we're, you know, leveraging you know, our knowledge of how human beings learn to bring them into that moment of insight, to that moment of understanding, like, holy crap, they've been, 
running game on me. And so, and yeah. so, you know, and, and again, like they had me hook, line and sinker. I'm not better than anybody. I'm just saying, you know, somebody taught me and then I'm, you know, teaching other people. I stand on the shoulder of giants. And so this is just, you know, this is just how they do it, do it. But so this is the, 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 the old media side. Then there's about, you know, three to four dozen new media companies, internet companies, search engines, social media sites, video sharing sites, YouTube. This is, you know, this is Google. This is uh, Netflix, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, um, Reddit, Wikipedia, Snopes, Discuss that does comments on thousands of websites they're algorithmically censoring the information that you receive on the DARPA internet. So a lot of people don't realize the internet is a military network. It was a military network. It is a military network. It was developed by something called DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency at the Department of Defense. And they already knew before they released it to the population, they'd already figured out what companies and types of companies that they needed to control to widely control perception because that's the most uh, that's the most powerful weapon in the U.S. arsenal is the control of perception, and so the ability to make people believe that they're an American and give them and have them willingly you know turn over half their income and willingly go into the military and willingly march into cannon fodder that is the most powerful weapon on the planet. Okay, and so they'd already figured out we've got to control social media, search engines, things like that. So they provided certain companies unlimited capital to be able to dominate and uh, buy up their competitors, have, you know, uh, you know, have patent protection on key technologies, uh, you know, uh, uh, do whatever it took for those position, those companies to win, you know, to, to have the dominant platforms. And then they're using those dominant platforms to control the information that we received. William and I were talking, you know, kind of right before the show, Matt Taibbi's work uh, with the Twitter files. This has all come out. Everything it was like, like the, like, this isn't just like speculation. This is, this is, these are the companies that I just, that I just mentioned. It's proven that they're censoring information. Right. And so, uh, so Matt Taibbi, you know, when, when uh, Elon Musk took over Twitter, he released a lot of the emails uh, between uh, employees at Twitter and uh, government agencies and NGOs where these government agencies, NGOs were sending Twitter takedown requests to either take down, you know, people's Twitter accounts, uh, you know, completely or censor the tweets or uh, shadow ban the tweets. And so all of this is not speculation. This has all you know been proven. Matt Taibbi just came out with, uh, you know, a, a visualization and a list of the top 50 companies that are involved in censoring information at the social media companies. He calls it the censorship information uh, complex. And uh, and so this is how they're doing it. Now, Matt Taibbi is, I think, to a degree, kind of gatekeeping in that he's not telling you that they're not, you know, that, that what they're what they're, you know, the number one thing they're censoring is people like me that are like showing you, hey, it's the it's it's legitimacy of government. It's legitimacy of the government is the number one thing they're being. You know, it's not just that the vaccines are harming people or whatever. There it is right there. The censorship industrial complex uh, visualization, and we, we're turning that into a, a. We've got that as a poster, 
You can get that at, at artofliberty.org forward slash white dash rose. But we have a series of posters where we take all of these visualizations and uh, you can print them out for free and you can put this in your university commons or your coffee shop or if you own a business or if you're having a party or, you know, if you're having going to a, a liberty event or you're, you know, whatever it is, we've got these posters that literally stop people in their tracks and they're like, what's going on here? And you can, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, so the, so the magic of visualization is visualization makes something that was invisible now visible. So if you didn't know that there were six companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries, like once you see it, you're like, oh, now that visualization has made something that was invisible to me now visible. And so we're making this, the, you know, people are now under, you know, we're, we're bringing people to that moment of insight because they can actually see what the control system looks like. And when they see it with their own eyes, that they come to that deeper understanding and so we have a whole series of free posters at artofliberty.org forward slash white dash rose where you can see the media ownership charts. You can see organization charts showing how a small number of organizations, the Council on Foreign Relations, the World Economic Forum, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberg Group, Bilderberg's meeting this week, how those organizations have maneuvered their members into the media, into the key publisherships, reporterships. Uh, editorships so that they can censor information. So, you know, not, and, and not just censor information, but they can give you the information. So, so, you know, there's been reporters like Udo Ulfcoat that have come out and said flat out the CIA, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, paid me to write articles or the CIA would give me an article and I'd put my name on it. Okay. And so that came out in the church committee hearings in 1976 that the CIA had, hundreds and hundreds of, of, of reporters, editors, and publishers on the payroll in 1976. This is 1976. And they spent a lot of money back then. I think one of the guys, I forgot which CIA agent it was, but he said that they spent a billion dollars on influence in the United oh, States media. So Because it it's the most project. powerful weapon. It's the most powerful weapon on the planet. Forget the hydrogen bomb, forget nuclear weapons. It is, it is, can we control the information that, that society receives so that we can program human beings to a degree like a computer? So the brain is a computer, it's a supercomputer. And, but like a, like a computer, garbage in, garbage out. And so if you're able to, you know, control the information that, that the population receives, you're able to essentially program them like a computer so to get a predetermined outcome and to make them an American and to get them to, you know, I'm, they're not, they don't, don't where now they don't believe they're not just a, 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 a human being that lives on this earth and lives on this planet. No, no, they're, they're an American and that they owe you money and that they need to, it's their duty to go and fight in foreign wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence and kill people and murder people. It's like, it's the most powerful weapon on earth. So they spend a lot of money on it. And it's, you know, one of the other things that we expose in the book is it's still going on today. And so we've got, you know, we've got a visualization in the book called, are you getting your news from the CIA where we break down the completely statistically anomalous number of people that you see on the, that you see in the media. Okay. That get to talk about politics and current events in the media. 
that work that are that are known XCI agents, known XCI agents. And so like that really is the, you know, the, you know, the you're, you're going to get there in a second. I think there are keep going. There's, this is the ones in Congress. Go, go forward one because we'll talk about the media first and then we'll talk about Congress later. So CIA uh, news networks and the mighty world. Sir, and you can get this for free at artofliberty.substack.com. So you don't have to buy the book to see this. We actually have this at our Substack where you can see go, go one more, go one more page. Okay. Here's almost two dozen admitted ex-CIA or intelligence agencies or FBI. And by the way, the FBI are spooks pretending to be law enforcement. They're spies pretending to be law enforcement. But uh, that, that, that are you know part of the 200 people that get to talk about politics on, and current events on the television. So these are either commentators for CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, Slate, Politico, uh, others, okay, where the, the people that you're getting your information from on TV are ex-CIA or, or quote-unquote ex-CIA and the, the joke right. of the agency is there is no ex-CIA. Right. Always right. I was going to mention that. Yeah, you're always in. You don't you're get always to get in. Out. You can't get out. Like, it's a deal with the devil because it is the devil, all right? And the CIA, you know, a lot of people, when, when, you, when you hear CIA, you know, if they if they've only gotten their information from the television, then they think CIA is Tom Cruise saving the world in Mission Impossible. But you know, if you ask a college professor or or a scholar or somebody like that about the CIA, it's murder incorporated organized crime. They murdered people in 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 Vietnam, and they had a thing called the Phoenix Program where they were scooping up people and murdering them extra by the thousands in Vietnam extrajudiciously. No trial, no nothing. They just like they had they had they were running complete murder squads and murder ops and things like that. They overthrow, quote unquote, dem democratically elected governments. They deal drugs. They've been caught dealing drugs because they want to weaken you. There's a book called Drugs as Weapons Against Us, which breaks down how John Potash. Yeah. John Potash. I also talked to Doug Valentine. He wrote the book on Phoenix program. Yeah. Yeah. The, he, so Doug Valentine wrote the book, The CIA is Organized Crime. And so, you know, so if you're controlling the information, so it's the, it's the intelligence agent, the intelligence agencies are organized crimes queen. And, you know, in chess, the queen is the piece that gets to move all around the board in any direction in any number of spaces. And so the CIA is, you know, they've got the get out of jail free cards and they move at the speed, of, you know, they, they're flying, you know, private jets. They're able to move instantaneously around the world to do things that other people can't. They've got, you know, they've already bought off the media. They've bought off other governments. They bought off. And so the intelligence agencies are, are organized crime. They're in, and by the way, they're living off money stolen from others at the point of a gun. That's the other thing. You don't want to work for the government because then you have the karma of living off money stolen from people at the point of a gun. And so like, you know, right off the bat, you know, they're bad people because they're living off money stolen from other people at the point of a gun. Now I'm not talking about social security that got stolen from you and you were forced to participate this and everything else. But like once you, and, and, and if you didn't understand that this was going on, then you get a little bit of a pass, but like, once you understand that this is going on and I, and I, and I'm sorry to break it to people and there's no way to sugarcoat it, but you got to quit working for the mafia. You got to quit working for the mob. You got to like, once you understand, oh my God, it's organized crime running game and, 
pimp game on my friends, neighbors, and colleagues. You don't want to be associated with it in any way, shape, or form, even though they're going to pay you more than you could get in other jobs, even though they've got these gold-plated pensions, even though they will let you give it a pension after 20 years of service or whatever. Like, that's the cheese, okay? And if you fall for it, if you get the cheese, if you go for that cheese, you're going to get caught in that trap, and that trap is going to be they're going to force you to take injections. They're going to, you know, you're going to have the karma of, of murdering people for no reason. You know, it, it's going to, you know, don't, don't fall for their cheese. Do not fall for the cheese. Yeah, no, it's dangerous. So they're part of like a, like it is an organized criminal organization. The, the CIA is not even supposed to operate domestically in the United States based on the NSA Act. William, that's a great segue. Now go back to, to things. Cause one of the two, two pages, cause one of the other things that we're, we're revealing is, are you getting your politicians from the CIA? So, you know, uh, so allegedly there's about 21,000 employees of the CIA. It's not that big an agency compared to, you know, like a lot of the other agencies that are out there. So statistically, you know, there's maybe 150,000, maybe, maybe 150,000 living current and ex-employees, right? So it's not that big a group of people in in a nation of 330 million people. So statistically, okay, uh, you know, in a lot of those 150,000, they're elderly, right? Like they're, they're quite elderly and they're completely retired or whatever. So statistically, you should probably have zero to one members of Congress being ex-CIA, maybe two. Okay. Let's generously say maybe two. Well, here's almost two dozen again. Uh, and these are the ones that we know of that, that have backgrounds. Not, not all of them are CIA. Some of them are FBI, which again is, uh, FBI is is spies pretending to be law enforcement, but like uh, it's the KGB, like the you know uh, uh, it's the you know essentially the FBI is the KGB and and the CIA is the GRU or I forget the, whatever they call the foreign one, but the uh, the uh, uh, this is almost two dozen members of either uh, you know CIA, FBI, DIA, other intelligence agencies or, you know, military, you know, kind of industrial complex people that appear to be getting funded for congressional campaigns. And so they appear to be installing politicians at the USA. This is this is a this is statistically an denomination. There shouldn't be this many ex-CIA people. This is just what we know, right? We don't know the secret ones. We don't know the recruits. These, These are the ones we know who are employed. They like were actually employed. employed. They're ex-CIA officers and analysts and things like that. We don't and have so- to talk about the Bush family. The Bush family's not in here. Junior, yeah. senior, all of his connections. I mean. Right, right. A lot, so, so a lot of people don't realize that George Bush was the head of the CIA. A lot of people have no idea that George Bush Sr. was the head of the CIA, and he installed his son as president of the United States. And we break that down in the book as well. And so this is he you know, arguably oh, installed Clinton too. Clinton was one of the yeah, yeah. He was he was agency too, most likely. He was yeah. a Rhodes Scholar, some, something, yeah, some, yeah, 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 some so, form so, of connection. I mean, his handler was supposedly rumored to be George W. Bush Senior. 
George Herbert Walker Bush was the yep. one Yeah, yeah. So this is this is how they do it. Well, Obama, I break down completely in the Obama's background. So Obama came from an agency connected family. He was supposedly middle class. He went to the the best prep school in Hawaii, the Panejo School, which was filled with the sons and daughters of admirals and intelligence agency people and things like that. He got a full ride scholarship to uh, where was it? Um, Pepperdine. He got a uh, he he went he supposedly he went to to uh, Columbia for two Columbia. years. Nobody can find him. Can find no him pictures. There's, there's no, no pictures of Columbia. Nobody. Fox News called 400 different class supposed classmates of his, and not a single person remembers Obama at Columbia. His Nothing. first job. His his mom worked uh, for agency connected things, the Ford Foundation. His mom's uh-huh. boss was uh was William Geithner who was uh the former head of the Federal Reserve Tim Geithner's father okay uh his, yeah, he went uh, to Harvard Law School and then he became the editor to, of the Harvard Law Review without publishing a paper without like writing it's a, a merit paper. so they yeah. made it's, it's called a created legend and they yeah. create these legends by they did the same thing with Clinton Clinton's whole background is fake yeah, yeah. His whole all, story is he's not a Clinton, and his supposed father Blythe, there's no way that he could have been his dad. So, but, but even with that, that like, even, that. like, like, even without that kind of speculation, you can take a look at Obama's background. He worked for a known. His first job out of college was at a known CIA front organization called Business International Corporation. That's in Wiki, Wikipedia. Right, right. talks about that being a CIA front organization. And so like, like, you know, his first job out of college is, 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 is a known CIA front operation before he's even out of school. He is, he is, he, they has profiles done on him by the New York times and vanity fair before he's even out of school. And so this is, you know, this is called creating the legend. So they made him, they created this legend so that he could be, you know, uh, uh, moved up to the ranks of the Illinois Senate, the the U.S. Uh, Senate, and then installed as president, where he went on to give the CIA every quote unquote everything they wanted in Afghanistan. And so it's it's just unbelievable. Like you know, once you really research who these people are and how they got into the positions that you know they did, like there's the CIA again and again, again and again and again and again. And so it's it, they're really going all the way back. If you want to talk about the CIA, you can call it the installation of Johnson, the removal of Johnson, the removal of Nixon. Uh, all these guys are like there's weird CIA things going on all surrounding kind of post uh, Eisenhower America, maybe even before. I mean, the CIA is like, well, uh, it gets deeper. I mean, the NSA, when when Truman was signing the NSA, he's surrounded by like four skull and bones men who all kind of went into the CIA. But I mean, the background of the people in the CIA is very important because I, go, I think it goes into your theme that these are families who've been involved, like elite families in the United States, which include the Bushes too. But uh, I don't like to say elite. So what, you know, one of the things that I do different than other people is like, I don't use the word globalist. I don't use the word elitist. I don't use the word deep state. I don't use the word new world order. Um, I, because I think that a lot of those terms are purposefully unhelpful and purposely undescriptive, but if you use the word intergenerational organized crime, and so my running joke is like the department of justice doesn't have a department of doing something about the deep state. 
But if you say the word intergenerational organized crime and you point to where the money is flowing, like you can point to like we're we're you know, the government is handing trillions of dollars to private companies through the TARP, the TOF, the bailouts, the stimulus. Okay, like like we're taking taxpayer money, we're handing it to private companies. Private companies are recycling it into campaign contributions. They're getting the same crew of people elected. You know, we're paying for weapon systems that we don't need. You've got a revolving door between the, you know, the military and the defense contractors. There's a, there's some scholarship that we have out. We do a thing called, called the Daily News on Substack. In addition to artoflibertysubstackcom we've got something on the Daily News where we actually break down, uh, you know, uh, there, like there was a study that came out, 700 plus ex-generals and admirals and things like that work for these defense contractors and they're going back and forth. They're all in on it together. We break it down in the book as well. We've got some Venn diagrams showing it's, you know, they're going, you know, they're going in and out of government in the pharmaceutical industry. They're going in it. That's it. The daily news. Uh, But they're going in and out of the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. go. Let's see. Uh, You want want to go back your website's here. That's art of Liberty.org. And then yeah, I don't know where that went to. Let's go back. News for, oh, so then that's um, daily news of Art of Liberty, right? The now. daily news is our little art is uh, is our art is our news service. And if you scroll scroll down a little bit, I think you're going to get this this article that I mentioned. But uh, which one? Uh, food purchases? No, keep going a little bit further. Uh, more. Anyway, it's in, I promise it's in there somewhere, but there's like 700 plus ex, you know, high ranking military people that are working at these defense contractors. And so, uh, you know, what we try and do with the daily news is we take these, these studies and things that would have just disappeared and uh, we take out all of the BS and the left fake left right paradigm and the clickbait. And we provide a kind of daily news service, uh, you know, focused on that this is organized crime. The government is in on it. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, one of the things that is different about the Art of Liberty Foundation, we're a startup, you know, public policy organization is number one, we're coming at this problem, not from the fake left, right, you know, perspective of that, that, you know, you got to vote harder and rig the elections to get your freedom. No, we're saying that government itself is illegitimate and that it is, you know, whether and, you know, even if you're not a full voluntarist, what I've, you know, what I've discovered is, you know, even if you're not a full voluntarist, um, most people, even if they believe in having a minimum government, even if they believe in they and having a, you know, a quote unquote constitutional government or, you know, just, you know, uh, protecting life, liberty, property, that kind of what's called minarchism. You know, almost everybody agrees that the government that we have now has been hijacked by organized crime and the government is being used to rob the population like they're transferring money to, you know, to weapons manufacturers for weapon systems that we don't need to fight, you know, uh, enemies that are being manufactured by the intelligence agency for that that purpose or just handing trillions of dollars to Wall Street. Immense amounts of money, immense amounts, of immense, money. immense, immense, immense amounts of money. And so that really is the, you know, the kind of the, the big secret that, you know, a lot of people don't realize 
you know, or, or, or that, you know, the thing that makes us different is that we're saying, hey, that we've got a, you know, we don't have a political problem. We have an organized crime problem. And it's the intelligence agencies at the top. And that's one of the things that makes the Art of Liberty uh, Foundation unique. Right. So people can find that your sub stack is you have the daily news from AOLF. And then I think but the main one is artofliberty.substack.com, which is our original writings and our original research. And gotcha. from artofliberty.substack.com, then you can get into the others. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, get the book. Uh, we, if you, if you join us uh, at $5 a month, uh, you know, person on Substack, we'll send you the free PDF of the book. If you join us on Substack at $50 a year, we'll send you the book and our, our credit card size uh, flash drive, The Liberator. But that really is the best way to follow our work. Probably work. And then your website's artofliberty.org. And people can find you on, contact you there or on social media, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And the other site to know is, is the, the book itself. Is it, if you want to uh, get the book and the liberator, government-scam.com, government-scam.com. Yeah, and there's so much more. Like we've barely covered, scratched the surface of all the information in the book. It's very important for people's literal like a survival to know this information because it's just run their rank scam and scam on the american people over and over 2008 was the banking scam total scam yep covid was a scam there's just so many money taking scams these tarp funds you said stimulus right it's just a huge wealth transfer scheme and it's coming yeah. out of the people like wait till they default on this money like if it ever happens oh i know i know yeah, yeah so the fine, once the, you stole your money will be just fine there'll be this feudal lord and the rest of the people will have all of their savings worth nothing and trying to survive day and day it'll be mad max it'll be which is which is why we got to wake people up which is why we got to stop it and so you know let's all throw our our shoulder against the door because it's got we've got to we've got to stop this it's got to be stopped totally agree and again it's etienne de la boutique squared title of the book squared title of the book is government the biggest scam in history how intergenerational organized crime runs the government, media, and academia. Fascinating discussion. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, William. Thanks for doing right. what you do. I appreciate it. Thanks, David. Stay there.